Welcome to the Physics Central Podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. Albert Einstein's name is basically synonymous with intelligence. And yet, as smart as he was, Einstein was not infallible. In fact, he was wrong about a lot of things. Today on the podcast, physicist Paul Halpern talks about one of the instances when Einstein promoted an idea that turned out to be totally incorrect. But it wasn't just Einstein's fault. The media and other scientists also got caught up in the excitement. We'll talk about that today on the Physics Central podcast. Anyone living in America in the year 1929 and paying close attention to the world probably would have heard about Einstein's theory of distant parallelism. This was 10 years after Einstein's theory of general relativity had been experimentally verified, launching Einstein to international celebrity status. So when Einstein promoted this distant parallelism theory, he wasn't just a physicist. He was the most revered, most well-known physicist in the world. He did issue a press release about the theory, publicized the theory, and the New York Times covered this on January 12, 1929, on its front page. New York Times repeated Einstein's uh, comment from his press release and said that Einstein's theory of distant parallelism was by far his most important contribution to mankind, scientifically more important than his original theory. So in other words, it was not only as good as general relativity, it was even better than general relativity. This is Paul Halpern. He's a professor of physics at the University of the Sciences in Philadelphia. Halpern gave a talk on Einstein's theory of distant parallelism at the most recent APS meeting in Savannah, Georgia. Einstein claimed that this theory would unite electromagnetism and gravity. Back in the 1860s, James Clerk Maxwell showed that electricity and magnetism are manifestations of the same fundamental force. So a current in a wire is created by the same thing that causes a magnet to stick to a refrigerator. It was an amazing accomplishment of physics, and it inspired other physicists to look for more connections between forces. In fact, many physicists got this idea that maybe you could come up with an ultimate unified field theory that would bring all the forces together. So now, in 1929, Albert Einstein comes around claiming that he has come up with a theory that unifies electromagnetism and gravity. There was a flood of articles in the New York Times and elsewhere, and different physicists and astronomers were interviewed about Einstein's theory. Astronomer Charles St. John of Mount Wilson Observatory asserted that it might lead to great practical advantages comparable to wireless telegraphy and television. H.H. Sheldon, the head of the NYU physics department at the time, went so far as to say that this theory would lead to anti-gravity technology. He said that such things as keeping airplanes aloft without engines or material support, as stepping out of a window into the air without fear of falling, or making a trip to the moon, are avenues of investigation suggested by this theory. And that was quoted in an article called Einstein Reduces All Physics to One Law, which was published in the New York Times in January 25, 1929. But the story did not stop there. 
distant parallelism leaked out into popular culture as well. Einstein's theory was mentioned in church sermons around the country at the time. Reverend Henry Howard of Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church was quoted as saying, Paul, meaning St. Paul, said that all nature was the expression of God's personality from the merest insect to the greatest mountains. Einstein's latest scientific hypothesis comes as a tremendous reinforcement of Paul's synthesis. Will Rogers, who is famous for his cowboy-style humor, his Western humor, got into the picture, and he actually uh, responded to Einstein's theory of distant parallelism with his own remark, this Einstein has proven a great comfort to us that we always knew that we didn't know much. But we know how this story ends. The theory was wrong. Distant parallelism is not part of Einstein's legacy. Electromagnetism and gravity still have not been united. And we do not have anti-gravity technology. So what happened? Why was Einstein promoting this theory? And why was the press picking up on it? This is a story of human error, of just how easy it can be to believe the hype. Albert Einstein gave the world a better understanding of how light and matter interact. He showed that space and time were not fixed variables, but that together they created a flexible, bendable dimension known as space-time. These are some of the greatest contributions to physics in the history of humanity, and Einstein accomplished all of these things before he turned 40. As Einstein was approaching 50, he became very ill with heart disease. And while he was sick, he was working on this theory of distant parallelism. So by the time he was about to turn 50, he had recovered, he was rejuvenated, he was energized, and very much interested in getting the word out about his new theory. Einstein accomplished so much in his younger years, and Halpern speculates that he may have been wondering if his best work was already behind him, if he had anything left to contribute to physics. And I think we know that Einstein was thinking about that because um, later a, uh, a good friend of his, Paul Ehrenfest, who was a physicist, um, committed suicide. And that was a little after Paul Ehrenfest had turned 50. And Einstein remarked, um, speculating about Paul Ehrenfest, he thought, well, maybe uh, that around turning 50, Paul Ehrenfest was depressed about, you know, the prospects for what he could do um, in his later years. So Einstein perhaps was thinking about that himself when he was turning 50, like whether or not his uh, physics career could continue. And he certainly felt coming up with the idea of distant parallelism that there were new avenues and new directions that he could take. We now know that Einstein's theory of distant parallelism was wrong, but that's not to say it was entirely bunk. Einstein hadn't lost his ability to do good physics. He just really jumped the gun when he claimed that this mathematical framework he had constructed could unite these two physical phenomena. And this really should have been obvious because there were a lot of things from the physical world that Einstein's theory couldn't explain or didn't account for. And here, Einstein appears really stubborn. He dismissed the fact that his new theory didn't even incorporate all of the accomplishments of general relativity, his own masterpiece. 
And there were other missing pieces, like the newly discovered property of spin. A spin was something developed um, in the mid-1920s by Uhlenbeck and Goodschmidt, and it explained certain properties of the atom. And spin is a quantum property that the electron has. Electron can be either spin up or spin down. And that affects the behavior of the electron in magnetic fields. So spin is a very, very important property of particles. Einstein's theory of distant parallelism did not incorporate spin. So it could not be a complete description of electromagnetism and gravitation because it didn't incorporate a fundamental feature of the electron. Einstein was openly not a fan of quantum mechanics, and he actually wanted his new theory to explain away some of the aspects of quantum mechanics that he didn't like. This put him outside the mainstream of physics, and so many physicists simply didn't pay attention to his new work. But there was one man who was just as loud with his critique of Einstein's work as Einstein was with his promotion of it. That man was Wolfgang Pauli. Uh, Wolfgang Pauli, the Austrian physicist who was very much interested in uh, not just quantum physics, but also general relativity. Uh, Pauli was known as being very acerbic, very direct, uh, very blunt. And he said to Einstein uh, in a letter, I would take any bet with you that you will have given up the whole distant parallelism at the latest within a year from now just as you had given up previously the affine theory. The affine theory was an earlier attempt in the early 1920s for Einstein uh, to develop a unified field theory. This would turn out to be one of the more pleasant of Pauli's responses to distant parallelism. When Pauli saw some of Einstein's results published in a journal, he wrote a letter to the editor and openly critiqued both Einstein and the journal. Pauli wrote, his never-ending gift for invention, his persistent energy in the pursuit of a fixed aim in recent years, surprise us with, on the average, one such theory per year. Psychologically interesting is that the author normally considers his actual theory for a while as the definite solution. Hence, one could cry out, Einstein's new field theory is dead. Long live Einstein's new field theory. Pauli was very blunt in his critique of Einstein's theory. But ultimately, Einstein let go of any stubbornness he may have been holding on to and appreciated what Pauli was telling him. Pauli and Einstein had a very long, extensive correspondence. And Pauli was uh, very critical in his correspondence, not just about Einstein, but about many physicists. And I think Einstein felt flattered and pleased that Pauli would read Einstein's works very carefully. You know, many other people in the quantum physics community would not read his work or they would ignore it or say something polite about it, but not, not really read it. Um, Einstein did uh, understand Pauli's comments and would later admit to Pauli in his correspondence, he'd say, you're, you're right after all. You know, I did make a mistake. I was on the wrong track, but now I'm going to try to try something else. And Pauli kind of kept up with everything that Einstein was doing. And eventually they actually uh, collaborated together and worked on another unified field theory, which Pauli uh, found uh, problems with. So um, even when they worked together, Pauli would, would advise Einstein about the mistakes and the pitfalls 
Uh, but Pally was hoping that unified field theory would eventually be developed. So he was uh, excited about the project. In 1929, Pally was only 30, 20 years younger than Einstein. Pally had only been 20 years old when he wrote an extensive explanation of general relativity, which remains one of the most complicated theories in physics. So he was up to Einstein's level. He was also considered a genius. But these two men illustrate the different ways that genius can manifest itself. Pally had this unflinching, clear-eyed view of the physics while Einstein may have been a bit more of a dreamer, a big-picture guy. Einstein eventually let go of distant parallelism. He stopped writing about it in 1931. And when Einstein stopped advocating distant parallelism, there was no retraction or sense that the hype had been misplaced. So one would think that the media would learn to be more cautious since distant parallelism turned out to be a failure. Uh, Actually, in contrast, the media was not more cautious And Einstein developed a theory with a different mathematical basis in 1950, unified field theory. He similarly was uh, extolled in the press without critique for his unified field theory. The irony is that it was Einstein's work that really started media coverage of theoretical physics. Before Einstein, the media wasn't very much interested in theoretical physics, except maybe if a physicist received a Nobel Prize, but a specific equation or theory wasn't really mentioned in the media. Einstein's celebrity changed all that. There's an interesting discussion to be had here about whether or not major media outlets are better at covering theoretical physics today than they were in 1929. But today, there's also a strong population of dedicated science writers. And as a science writer, I like to believe that my colleagues know how to evaluate situations like this, how to handle the word of one physicist against the opinions of the larger community, and that these people believe that nothing is beyond questioning, even if it comes from the lips of Albert Einstein himself. Thank you, Mark Halperin, for being on the podcast. You've been listening to the Physics Central Podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more of the Physics Central Podcast. (laughs) 